0: Yeah, take your Bible. Let's go to Luke 15, old story, Real old story, just never never run out of stuff to say about the Lord. Brother Joe's right, some of this stuff always make you shout and scream, uh, She's never want to stop shouting and screaming, we uh, had that wedding yesterday, and uh, it was just a blessing, I mean this place was, I mean packed out, they had cars parked in the grass up on the by the sign, somebody parked a white van up there, don't know whose white van that is, it's not yours is it Levi? Cause Beth goes, have it towed, have it towed. I thought, man, I said, she's taking George's place. <laughs> so we come in this morning, the van's still there, and she goes, tow it, tow it. <laughs> I'm like, man, I said, what a wife. I said, well, the woman gave us me, Lord. She's, uh, she's out to take them out. You park your car in the parking lot out there too long, she's going to tow you too. <laughs> she's got the phone number. She's got a picture on her phone right there. It says, do not park here. But, I mean, it was a blessing. Uh, there was a lot of people here that I've known over the years, and uh, number one, I just thought it was a blessing that our church was able to do that. Uh, brethren, we're sitting in a little church that you may not, to me it seems little and dinky and not a whole lot, but it's set up uh, in such a way that you, uh, people come in here and they want to have weddings here and they, wanna, uh, they just want to do stuff here. And I'm thinking, Lord, I said, why don't they just come to church here? Uh, but that's okay because I, I was sitting here going, you know, we've, we spent some time and effort into doing stuff and people walk in and they get the word of God for just a little bit and they see a wedding going on for just a little bit and they walk back out. And that's a ministry that you, I was at once, I was gonna say, no, I don't wanna do this no more, it's just a burden on the church. Uh, Brother David did an excellent job on the sound. Uh, Beth came in here and she worked her little fingers to the bone. Uh, the ladies from the other uh, the two families, which is amazing how much we knew each people, the people on each side of that family. And uh, I've been in this city since 94, with Beth, and the people I've run across over a period of time, I just could not believe how many people were sitting in this room Saturday, uh, and I knew from both sides of the family, the young lady that got married and her husband, her mom, sister I worked with for 14 years out at LexisNexis, and you never would have, in a million years, would have thought uh, from a Catholic background they'd be in this church, and here they are sitting in this church, and I haven't worked there for seven years, and just as friendly... Beth comes home just laughing. Blah, 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 blah. I met this lady at church, and she said that she knew you. And I'm like, really? From LexisNexis, really? And when she told me who it was, I knew exactly who it was right off the bat. I'm like, I worked next to her for about four or five years anyways out of the 14. And it's just amazing. The Lord says, see, you never know who you have an influence on back there. And you never know what's going to happen out here. You got to watch everything you do in life, every single thing you do. Uh, you got to make sure you get that stuff under the blood as fast as you can get it under the blood and you got to keep your mind where it needs to be because down here, you may have an opportunity that something back here set up and the Lord's working some things out back here that you never know. And all of a sudden that thing comes to fruition right there and you'll go, boy, I'm sure glad you kept me out of trouble. I'm sure glad I never said the wrong things at Alexis Nexus that I could have said. Uh, the elder brother, I'm going to read just one verse. And the younger brother, verse 12. And the younger, younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody that came out. Again, thank you for just letting us have a service here yesterday for that young couple. I do pray that you'd bless them. Lord, that they start their lives out, and Lord, that uh, you would put your hand upon them, and, and Lord, that they would be a uh, Christian testimony for you for, uh, until you come back and get us out of here. Father, again, thank you for your blessings today and everybody that came and the song service. Lord, help us always be singing for you and be excited about serving you, and, and Lord, just looking for the day that you come and get us out of here, but until then, Lord, help us to uh, have the right attitudes and, and keep our heart where it needs to be, and Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk just a little bit, I'm going to really, I really want to hit the elder son, but I'm going to go through some other stuff. This is about an old story, I mean, you're talking about an old story. Uh, there's two, maybe three stories in the Bible that you can look at, and one of them is, uh, in Luke chapter 19, uh, 16, the, the rich man and Lazarus and heaven and hell. And I mean, that's just about as, as common as this one is right here. David David and Bathsheba is a common one, but this one right here, when you sit there and look at it, the, the, the prodigal son is, is, everybody always looks at the prodigal son like uh, he's a bad guy and he's this, and he is, and he's, he's like anybody else in the world that, that comes through life. Uh, I, I looked at all those people here Saturday and, and uh, I was just sitting there talking to the Lord and, Really, I had nothing to do. I got to eat. That was cool. Uh, I came in, and uh, I talked to the bride and the, the bridegroom, and, and uh, it is our church. Hey, man, I said, hey, can we come and just watch what goes on? He said, sure. He goes, there may be enough food for you two. I'm like, come on now. I don't eat that much. Uh, Beth does. Beth does, but I don't. Uh, and he goes, so I get there, and he goes, Yo, y'all, can, y'all can stay and have lunch with us. I said, okay, that's cool. And he goes, but you guys don't have a table. I said, that means we can go through as many times as we want. I said, because they released them table after table after table, and since we don't have a table, we can go right now. He goes, you're absolutely right. So we just jumped in line up there and started going through. But it's amazing how many people in that crowd, although we didn't have the wedding here for us, and it wasn't one of our people, we knew just about, Beth was running around talking to everybody, Mrs. Eastep was here, a lot of people from the church out there in Philadelphia was here, Uh, people from her side of the family was here, his side of the family was here, the Shellebargers were here. I, I told her, I said, I wonder what the division from side to side was. Because it's just amazing how many people people come up to me and say, Hi, Mike, how you doing? I'm like, oh, the face kind of looks familiar, but Alzheimer's sitting in, you know, dementia. <laughs> I don't know, don't know you. Uh, Beth will just say, I was trying to figure out who you are. She just got, blows it right out there like it is. But the younger brother, the younger brother, as you go through this story, it's, it says, And the younger brother of them, the younger of them said to his father, uh, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divideth unto him. His living. The portion of the good that really falls to us is hell, by the way. Uh, that's what we deserve. And this young man is sitting there going to his dad saying, hey, give me what's mine. And not many days after, the young son gathered uh, all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance and righteous living. We all know that. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to, uh, self to a citizen of the country, And he sent him into the fields to feed swine, and he would have fain filled his belly with the husk uh, that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, which was a very good thing, he said, how many hired servants of my father's house have have bread enough uh, and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned and uh, before, sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Have you ever felt like that? I have all the time. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of times when I look at the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I said, if you put me on a shelf and you just, I've heard people say, if you don't watch out, God will put you on a shelf. Well, I'm telling you what, if he ever puts me on a shelf, I'm going to sit up there and praise God anyways on the shelf. Uh, I don't know what else to do. I mean, hey, hey, you people on the shelf, are we having a great time today? Look, we get to watch everything going on. We're on the shelf, but man, we're going to have a great time. Let's sit here and be shelfites, man. <laughs> but be happy you're on the shelf. I mean, how, or I don't know what else to do. When I sit there and think about the thing in my mind, what else is there to do but to praise Him? I'm really, I, I, I'm getting to the place in life, I don't know what else to do. I will rise and go to my Father, and I will tell him that I sin against Thee and before God and everything He said. I am no more worthy, verse 19, to be called Thy Son. I've never worried that he'd be called his son. I still worry. I still worry, man, about coming to the white pearly gates. And I know they all say that St. Peter's standing there and the gates are wide open. I keep in my mind seeing me pacing outside those gates. I'm afraid to walk in. Now I don't know about you. I'm not afraid of Jesus Christ at all. I love him. But I'm afraid to walk in because I don't want to answer for me. <laughs> you may be okay answering for you. But I'm like, did I do enough? Did I ever try to do enough? Did I, did I ever get a chance? I mean, did you give me some? I've had preachers say, Mike, you can't do everything. You need to slow down. You, I, I just feel like I should do something else for him. And it's just living. You know, living on a daily basis is all you really need to do. We go out there and try to find something to do. It'll find you. You don't have to go out and find nothing, man. I got so much stuff finding me on a daily basis. I don't want nothing. I'm looking for someplace to hide. Uh, but you can find all kinds of stuff to do. I would have never thought, you know, it bellyached uh me and George, uh, George bellyached more than I did, but about all the stuff we did over 15 years in putting this building together, and yesterday we watched that, and I'm sitting there going, Lord, what a blessing. I mean, people walked in this auditorium and looked at it, and they go, was this wood here when you first got this place? I'm like, yeah, that's about the only thing that was left. said, <laughs> so we just about got it, and the lights, and the lights were here. All we did is just rearrange some things and start just going through it. And, and you think all the work, is it worth doing all the work? And, and you see the joy on those people's faces. And for years to come, Anchor Baptist Church will be in their minds. And there may come a day, there may come a day that they need an answer. And they'll say, I think I can go to Anchor Baptist Church and get that answer. There might be somebody there that can help me. I was sitting there going, Lord, it was worth every moment of what we did here and every dime y'all spent to do it. <laughs> Uh, we're getting ready to do some other stuff, too. So y'all just stick around the, the offering place back there. But just remember, man, the offering, offering. I've had a couple of people ask me about the building on the back. Uh, uh, if you want to put uh, money into that building, just sit back here and say building fund. Uh, and we won't, we won't get upset for 100000 hundred thousand, two hundred thousand $200,000. I mean, don't worry about it. We won't, we won't kick you out of church or anything. And, but you ain't going to get your name on a pew either. All right? <laughs> but we will take your money. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do yet. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking this. the, the fellowship hall needs to be, you say, what has to do with the message? I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but the fellowship hall needs to be the same size as this room right here so when you people leave here, they got a place to go out there and sit. And uh, I'm like, we need a little bit more fellowship hall. We may not need as much room as we're going to put on better, but we need some. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, we ought to be wanting to worship. You know what this kid did? He wanted to get away from everything. He was running. I heard an old preacher say one time he goes, Homeless. I mean, he's talking about uh, uh, leaving home, homesick, home. And he goes, that's, that's another message that you could preach about this thing. Here's a boy who left his home. Uh, leaving your home sometimes the worst thing you could ever do unless there's sharks out there, brother. And there's people out there who take advantage of you just like that. They'd eat you up and spit you out, man. They already know what you... My dad was a pool shark. I never knew that until he beat the stunt out of me one day. Uh, I thought I was a good pool player. I learned a lot of valuable lessons in life uh, about my dad. And and then all of a sudden, I just realized, long story short, when he beat me all over the place, I mean, he just didn't beat me. He trounced on me. Uh, He didn't even trounce on me. He just slaughtered me. He he gave me a chance. He let me have the first shot. Nothing fell, which was the way it it happens sometimes. And nothing fell, and he ran the table. Eight ball. Now, if you don't, much, don't know much about pull, eight ball is you got stripes and solids. And when you hit the thing, you got all those balls, they go out in all different places. And the only way that you can, if, if he's stripes and I'm solids, and he has to get his stripes in before he gets eight ball in. And that means he has to go around all my solids to get to his stripes. And he did every ball right in front of me, took about three and four rail bank shots, I had a shot, and I was there going... And I've never seen my dad pick up a pool cue in his life. You say, what does that have to do with it? He looked at me and he said, son, there's sharks. are going to eat you, man. Amen. He goes, what do you think I did? Me and your brothers did in the bars. On, I rode 66 out in Lebanon, Kentucky. We took suckers like you to the bank. You know what this kid is? He's a sucker. He's like a big lollipop with wrapper all around him. And everybody said, come and look, let's lick him to death. <laughs> without God brother we're nothing man I don't know about you but I learned a long time ago watch, I played that guy chess up in up in Great Lakes I have never you know I don't play chess much if I play I'm gonna, I want to win I want to beat you this guy never gave me a chance either I mean I made like one or two moves into this game and I, I used to beat all the chess people at church at, at school church At at high school, I beat the chess team, man. I could slaughter them. This guy was eating my lunch. He made me do everything he wanted. Maybe that's the first move or the second move. He had it. It was his. I did what he wanted me to do. He forced me to do it. And I was just like, eh, eh, it's over. It's going to be over soon. Get this thing over, man. Just kill me and get it done. Checkmate me. Be over with it. And he did this. Got overconfident. Did the stupidest thing. And I looked at that board and I'm like... Man, I could, I could checkmate him in two movies, and there ain't nothing he can do. He just, he just put his place... He got overconfident, and he, all of a sudden, he's seen what he did. And then that board shot in the sky. And chess pieces go all over the, the chaplain... Where's the chaplain's office. Holy place. Holy. I mean, the, the music... Holy, holy, holy. Chess pieces going all over the place. You know what the Lord taught me right there? Is there sharks out there? And today... I got you out of it. He goes, but there's going to be days if you don't watch out, they'll eat your lunch, man. They'll take you to the bank and you don't, this kid come in just like a smiley little kid. I thought, well, this is the stupidest little kid in the world. I'm going to take him out, man. I went to school and there's a guy named John Krause. John Krause is a guy you just like to hate. I mean, you'd have to meet him to hate him, but after you met him for about two minutes, you'd hate him. Arrogant little pig is what that guy was. Uh, I've met some people in life like that. And, I mean, I got a couple people in my life that I compare people to. <laughs> and if you ever get compared to John Krause, you're in the doghouse with me, man. I mean, it's over. John, all he cared about was John. And you watched him all the way through this school, two years of school. That's all John ever cared about was John. John wanted to be the number one guy. He walked around with his hands in his pocket, a little, little stinking mustache. You got a mustache. I had a mustache, too. I shaved mine off. I didn't want to be like John. <laughs> no, I just <didn't> do that. <laughs> I just—I don't know why I shaved it off. I shaved it off one day. Beth was talking to me and I shaved half of it off. And But I had this half here and then I was looking in the mirror and this half was gone and she was there and I turned around and said, yeah, what are you doing? And only half of it was there and she hit the wall and fell down. And, and uh, I never—I shaved it off, never put it back on. But I mean, John was just one of these little arrogant people that just thought about itself. And, and time and chance happens to every man. God will always turn that thing around. I've watched him turn things around over 42 years. If you just sit there and wait... You never know what's gonna happen. And I had an old senior chief tell me something one time and at the beginning of school he said, Mike, how you finish is how you start. You know what's wrong with most of us? We never start. You never get in the game and stay in it because if something happens and it doesn't look like it's in your favor, so you just gonna quit. I was gonna play that chess game till that guy slaughtered me. My dad didn't give me a chance too much on the pool game. I mean, he said, I got one shot and he just ran the table. Uh, he, he didn't care one thing about me. I was his son, so that, I guess that's okay. Uh, but you sit there and look at all that stuff, you got to get to the place in life where you look at, at yourself and you have to do some introspective searching of your heart. And you start looking and you looking and you looking and you looking and say, well, am I like the prodigal son? You know, the prodigal son had to realize he had to understand some thing about himself. He was, he was ungrateful. He didn't care what his dad had done for him. He's self-centered. All he cared about was self. Selfish. And he's not thinking of Nobody. Him leaving, he never cared about what his dad thought about him leaving. And you know what is amazing? His dad didn't say nothing at all, Harley. He didn't care what his mother, he doesn't even mention his mom. He didn't care one thing about his mom. <laughs> Moms can be a nag sometime, man. I mean, I watch Beth nag our kids all the time. Uh, I just yell at them. Uh, she nag them, man. She, I mean, when she starts nagging, she don't quit. We uh, were sitting there talking this morning. She said, you have never heard me. You, uh, we were talking about yelling at each other. And she goes, you haven't heard me yet. I said, oh, yeah, I have. I said, I've yelled at you, and I've heard you yell. And I said, and you're just so hard-headed, you won't listen. I said, that's the problem. That's why we always get in fights. We get in a knockdown, down drag-out, which we do from time to time. Uh, and she wins because she won't shut up. <laughs> she wears me out, man. I'm telling you, she goes on and on and on and on. And she does it with this little smile on her face. I said, I know exactly how all my kids felt in life. That's why they didn't mention a mom here. But I know she, he didn't care much for her feelings either. It, I mean, it just stands to reason about the mom thing. I've seen other moms do the same thing, man. It's just like, moms, you don't mess with moms, man. Hired servants was affected by his departure. You know what you do affects other people? You better watch what you do. What I do affects other people. You better, I mean, you better keep that thing under check as hard as you can. Uh, You need to be as squeaky clean as you can possibly be, and whatever it takes to be squeaky clean, that's what you need to do. Uh, Because you never know, just like that wedding we had, you never know who's going to walk in here. Bobby, we just had Bobby pass away, and he went on, I would have never known one day I was baptizing a guy. Andrew brought a guy in here that was a drunk. He was a drunk the whole time I knew him, on drugs the whole time he died a drunk. But it just so happens that one day he brought Bobby in here. And Bobby, sit back here while I was baptizing another brother, and a guy got saved, and, and Bobby said, hey, I want to get saved. And he got saved, Then he realized he was saved earlier, but he got baptized, and then he went through life, he started changing some things in his life, and you sit there and watch that thing, and time and chance happens to every man and woman. Everybody gets an opportunity. You don't ever have to worry. What I want to say here, and I'm going to say to preface this whole message, is you don't have to worry about nobody else in life but you. There is enough of God to go around for all of us. And if you see somebody else shouting and you're not shouting, the reason is, is you don't want to. It's not because they got all the shout and God's only working in this corner of the church today. That ain't happening, man. I mean, you can say, here's Joseph down here, man. Joseph is getting ready to run the aisles and, and, and Adam's back here getting ready to run the aisles. Those two take off. That's where all the God is. No, the Holy Spirit isn't just there. He's everywhere at one time. And he can be in your heart just as much as he did. The younger guy left. He just leaves. Then the father pops in. You know what, though? He, he gave him what he had to give. It was his to give. He gave it to him. If Andrew came up to me and said, Dad, give me what's mine. I'm like, well, there ain't nothing yours, so you can leave now. I mean, you don't need nothing to carry anything with. That's what I would say. I, I'm not like this father. This father gave him, divided up his, his, his inheritance Uh, The older brother probably got twice as much as the younger guy anyway, so he probably divided into threes and shot him, gave him his third, and that was it. You know what I liked about that father more than anything else? I'm starting to learn a lot. I say this is about the younger brother, but really the message is about the father. I want you to know right now, it's really about the father. You have a great father, by the way. You know this father knows, somebody who knows how to make money can make money. And morons that don't know how to make money will just spend money that they don't have or that's just given to them. That's what's wrong with welfare. I think welfare is good for some cases. I like Social Security too. Social Security is pretty cool too, man. But I had to work 42 years to get my Social Security. I thought, I didn't think it was going to be here when I got it. I seen the other day, they're going to give me a raise, a cola raise. I get a cola raise. I like cola raises, man. 5.9% next year, 2020. 2022. So if you're on Social Security, praise God. Hallelujah, man. We get some more money. If- if it lasts that long. <laughs> I never thought I'd see one check, man. But I got it. The father the father gave, gave him what was his to give. You know why he didn't care? Because he knew how to get it back. If I had $10 and I gave somebody five bucks, I don't know how to get the other five back. I can take the five I got and make five more. You know what's wrong with some people is, is you take and you spend and you're not careful and you don't know what it took to get what you just were given. You know we're sitting in the church today. And you're getting some stuff. I'm hoping you're getting some I hope I have something to give you. But you're getting something. You know what's wrong with some people? You don't wait long enough to find what to do with it. You think what you got, you got to get up and go. You think if I do this, 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 guess what? You can do that, 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 that. And when you get done with all that, you're going to do this, 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 because it's never going to end. I got a little house up here I'm working on and to sell it. I started, and I looked at it, and I'm like, boy, this is messed up. It has nothing to do with who's in it or anything else. It just has to do with the house and needs a lot of work. And if you're going to start the thing, you got to start it. I told some people, I said, if you ever see me getting in a rental property again, I want you to shoot me. <laughs> it's insane. You just, I don't want to be in it. It's crazy. It just takes up too much time. What I realized is you got to let go of something sometimes you just have to let go. Of. I know how to make money. Money's easy to make. That's the easiest thing. That's the father. I understood that 100%. I know that if you give people something, sometimes they'll waste it. They don't know what to do with it once you give it to them because they never had to learn how to get it. Once you learn how to get something, it's always easy. There's story after story after story where billionaires have lost everything and got the, and they're billionaires still today. You say, how did they do that? They know how to make a billion. They made one once, they make it again. They'll figure it out, they'll do it. Movie stars. You know what they're looking for is a bunch of suckers like us to watch their movies and they make money. And they do all stupid stuff on TV sets. And we do it. The father gave what was his gift. The father never tried to talk his son out of his decision. You know what I'm learning? Sometimes it's just best to stand back and let people do what they want to do. You can tell them until you're blue in the face and they're just not going to hear it. You know what they got to do? Go find a pigsty out there somewhere. And once they find it, you know what... (laughs) I like this. The father knew deep down his son would never be satisfied with material things. He knew it. He said, I raised him better than that. He's not that much of an idiot. It's just gonna, he's got to go through some things. He's got to go through some things. Uh, I saw him to a lady at that wedding the other day, and we were sitting here talking, and I said, you know what I've learned in life is sometimes you just have to go through things that make no sense. And they hurt, and they hurt, and they hurt. And It could be all kinds of different things each person goes through. My life, I went through one thing. I saw an Andrew. He said he had to go through some other things, and Brother Joe went through some things. Anybody in here can say, "Hey, I went through these things, all different things." But you got to go through them and get through them with God. You got to go through them with God, and when you get on the other side, you'll understand some things about yourself and about life. The Father knew deep down he wasn't. And sometimes the Father gives us what we want to get the desired outcome. You may not want what He gives, but He'll give it to you because you sit there and say, "I gotta have this. I gotta have this." I gotta. sometimes you get that thing. I remember I said, read a Proverbs the other day, and it says uh, when, wa- when you let water out, there's a proverb over there that says it's, it's, it's a lot easier to go leave something untouched. I'm paraphrasing it until you let it out. At our house, I, I pulled a plug off of an inch and a half pipe down in the kitchen uh, when we were building the house, and I thought for sure, I mean, I just, in my mind, I do some really crazy things sometimes, and I, I think in my mind one thing, but it just never works out that way. I thought I was going to take a five-gallon bucket and stick it down here, and now the plumber came in, the inspector came in, he had me stick a water hose in the roof, two-story house, and fill a, a four-inch pipe all the way down to the basement, full of water, and it filled all the other lines full of water, and I'm just thinking it's a little water in there. It's just I mean, it's a four-inch pipe. It's not that much water, so I'll just pull this plug off, and it'll fill the five-gallon bucket up, and i am seeing it and i go dump it out because I can't get the water out of the ditch I said, Man, I tell you what, when I pulled that plug off, there ain't no putting it back on until there ain't no water in that pipe. And I'm thinking, I mean, he shot water all the way across the room, about 40 foot across, man. He was shooting an inch and a half worth of water. Whoosh! And I'm sitting here going, oh, Lord. I said, that verse is right, man. I said, <laughs> I said, you can't let it. Once you let it out, it's coming out, man. There ain't nothing. You know, the best thing you can do is never let it out. Life shows you some things sometimes, man. I never wanted that. You know, thank God, you know, we had mops and buckets back then that you could get the water up. But the father did what he did. He did something for the son for a purpose. There was a purpose why he did what he did. The elder brother never figured that out. That's what his problem was. Now, I'm going I'm to make this whole message real simple. What our problem is, is today is we never understand God. We never understand the Father. We never look at the Father's heart and try to get where the Father's at. We're all sitting there looking at where we're at, thinking everybody needs to come where I'm at. I'm going to make his message real nice, short, and sweet. We need to stop today and say, Lord, what would you have me do? That's what Paul did. Who art thou, Lord? And when he found found out, he did whatever he told him to do. There's a difference between serving God and serving God. You say, well, it sounds the same to me. No, it's a big difference. The younger brother left to see the world. There's a lot of people do that. They'll say, well, you didn't. No, I left home because I had a bad home life. He wasted everything he had, fell into a rut. You know, that's what we do after we waste everything. We go right back to what we did before. That boy just got in a rut out there in the lost world, and he just went around and around and around. Never once considered. You know, the Lord never stopped him. Never stopped him. The father never stopped him. Never went with him. He said, come on home, son. I'll take you. No, I never said anything. You want to stay in a rut? Sometimes the best thing you can do is let somebody waller in their filth. Just let them do it, man. That's what they want to do. That's, if they can't see it, there ain't nothing I can do for them anyways. You say, well, that's all for me. No. No, each one of us has to figure that thing out. You have to figure it out. Uh, you have to take care of things in life. The younger brother left to see the world. He wasted his substance, fell into a rut, didn't realize it. His condition, he didn't realize his condition, then entered into the survival mode. Have you ever talked to people and just watched them? in life. They just, they're just trying to survive day by day. And we're so easy to judge them. That's all they know to do. I was thinking about the, that brother up in Detroit uh, with all those people down on the streets of Detroit. And, and I mean, you're talking about filth. That is filth. People lay there in the wintertime. They, they lay around sewer drains so the heat would come up out of the sewer drain. The raw sewage, the heat to keep warm. That's the the level of degrading that they have got to, and they live there because they don't know what else to do. Have you ever thought, man, I sit there and think about it, I see people homeless on the side of the road, and I'm, how can you get them from there to where they need to be? I said, Lord, I don't understand how to do that. I don't know how you got me to where I was at, but you did. He goes, yeah, Mike, he said you had to get to the place where you knew you needed something. He said, the moment you knew that, I could do something for you. The younger brother Realized it was more to life than having stuff. Ow. You know when he realized that after he lost everything? And he said, I'm gonna go home. I like that going home stuff. That home stuff is just a great thing. His heart and spirit were broken. There's nothing wrong. We gotta sometimes we gotta sit back and just let somebody get broken. I like to see him get trashed. I mean just get broken. I mean, just crying their little heart out, begging God. That's that's exactly where they need to turn that thing to. You know, at that point, you need to step away. Father wasn't nowhere around, but he knew that one day that son would get there. The father waited patiently from the beginning. I'm going to bust through this thing as fast as I can. Never pursued the son. He said, oh, that's just so mean. No, sometimes the best thing to do is let him go. Left the son, with but he left the son with a positive thought about his home. He never, ever put a negative thought in that son's mind about that home. Right. He knew he said, he told his son, he told his son, he said, it'll always be or always made his son know he was always welcome under his roof, no matter what. Right. That's a great father. Amen. You know why kids come back if they come back? It's because they think you want them back. Amen. If they don't think you want them back, you know what they're going to do? They're going to sit out there and feel like nobody cares about them. That's the father. The servants, I like the servants too, man. We'll throw them guys in here too. The servants understood the father's sorrow and rejoiced to see the son return. They were all hired servants. They were paid to be a servant for this man. They all loved their master. And they seen their master when he was hurting. And they seen when he was happy. And they knew when his son left, it hurt him. They watched that thing. The servants never complained about the son's change of heart. Oh man, here comes that stinking son again. He's coming back. Father's done went out there run, running out in the field to get him. He's going to come back, and oh, he's just going to be mouthing off again. He's going to be doing this. He's going to do this. No, they've seen you know, the joy of the dad, the father, and they were just happy with it. They were excited and happy for both the father and son. I read a verse, and it's really right there in verse 10, 15, 10. It says, likewise, Jesus said, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels, not the angels. In the presence of the angels. Who is in the presence of the angels? Jesus Christ. He said for the joy over in Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him. You know what he is? He's looking for you. That's what he's looking for. But he ain't going to make you do it. But the whole time, don't ever think he's not looking for you. He's looking for you no matter how you are. The angels are all sitting there watching this thing and they're just as joyful for Jesus Christ. When I, I like it over here in Revelation when it says the lamb, like he was slain before the foundation of the world, and he comes in and I'm like, man, that's all about Jesus right there. You know what they're all doing and shouting because they see the joy of Jesus. The servants got in the action. Go down to verse 27. Jumping a little bit ahead, he said, and he said unto him, the brother, the, the angry brother, <laughs> the bitter brother, thy brother is come uh, well, he goes in verse 26, and he called one of the servants and, and he asked uh, what these things meant. And he said unto him, thy brother has come. I can see him, man. Thy brother came back, man. You ought to be there. Oh, the father, your dad is excited, man. I can't even tell you how excited he is. He's seen him coming from afar. He ran out there, man. I knew what he's going to do. He's going to tell me to go get the robe and the ring and the fatted calf. I already knew what he was going to do. He's already told me. I bet you he already told his servants what he's going to do when his son comes back. They already knew what he was going to do. They were excited about it. <laughs> He goes. He goes, and, and that father had killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. You know the servants were just as happy as the father. The only person here really sad is the elder son. There's two sons, by the way. Hopefully, message go quick now. There's two types of sinners in the world. The sinners, all his sins are on the outside. It's easy to see him. But boy, that second one is like us. Man, he's just like us. Somebody walk in that door, Brother Joe said that the other day, Andrew, uh, no, Tim told me. Uh, was that somebody, Tim, you said got saved today? Or, or who was it? Somebody just told me somebody else. Oh, it's Brother Tom. Tom's not here. He went to prisons, and, and he said somebody got, that's one of the most important things that could ever happen in this world. Sister Ruth is always leading somebody to the Lord. And you said, what is that? That's one of the most exciting things you could ever do in this world is lead somebody to the Lord. You know what? You just settled their destination for all eternity. You know what the problem is? They aren't going to be whole in five minutes. You still got to get the stink off of them. And sometimes it just takes a long time. You know what the blessing is? That's the Father's job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's Jesus Christ's job. That's not ours. You know what you got to be? I heard an old preacher told me one time, he said, Mike, go somewhere and sit for 20 years just waiting. I haven't been here for 20 years yet. We're going on 17. But I've watched some crazy things happen in 17 years. That thing yesterday was a crazy thing. He just said, they'll come to you. You don't have to go nowhere. They will come to you. I'm thinking, there ain't no way they would come to me. I wouldn't even come to me. And they're coming to me. Can we do that? Actually, they come to Beth. Because they know that she's softer than me, and she'll say yes. But they don't understand who she really is, and she's like, (laughs) She can't really get me. Two types of, the younger sin was flesh. He was a rebel and renegade, which he was. But he was broke and friendless. The elders' sins were from the heart. That's where ours usually is. They're inside, deep inside. Anger and bitterness and resentment, that's us. Neither, neither son, neither son understood the heart of the father. The younger took off with all the money, didn't care one thing about the father. All the years the father had. I could imagine when he was born. I remember when Andrew was born, I got Beth a big old uh, uh, watermelon. That thing was huge, man. Big old yellow watermelon. They wouldn't let me in the, y'all, you, you see, y'all cry, cry about COVID. I'm in the Navy. My wife's having a baby, and they kick me out. I mean, I'm a Navy guy, man. I'm a chief. And my wife's up in the hospital. She has a baby. And at what, at 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock, something like that, they kick me out. You know what I do? Like a good husband, I go out in Pensacola in the hot sun at nighttime. It, wasn't, it was nighttime when I went out there. I wrote my window down. I heard my band, I'm looking up There's my wife's window right up there. If she would just get out of the bed and look out into the parking lot, she'd see our van sitting out there. And there's Mike in the van in the hot sun, 200 degrees, head hanging out the window looking like a dog, (laughs) sweating, dying. She thinks I'm out doing crazy stuff. Nowhere to be found. Mike don't care one thing about me. No, I'm out there dying in a flannel shirt in the middle of summer. Andrew couldn't have been born in December, man. No, he had to be born in June. What a terrible time in Pensacola anyways. But you know, I can can imagine a father remembering his son being born. And all the stuff he had to do to get him up to an age so he can say, just give me what's mine. I want to get out of here because I don't want to be around you no more. How do you think I made him feel? Brother, what what do you think we do when the Lord, we do that to the Lord? After all the stuff he did for us. Jesus, what a friend of sinners. Man, I tell you what, he's such a friend, and sometimes we hurt him in ways that nobody else can hurt him as the elder son. There's people going to walk in these doors, and I, I seen all those people the other day, and I, I was like, man, there's sheep without a shepherd. And some of them may have shepherds, but they're not shepherds, man. They don't, they don't really care for them people. The Lord says, you're absolutely right. Then I'm reading through Jeremiah, and he's talking about the pastors who lied to the flock, and I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> I said, maybe I need to turn this over to somebody else and get out of this job. So you can't blame me. Neither one of them understood the heart. The younger learned of the grace of his father upon his return. He didn't think his father would have grace with him. He said, I'm gonna go back and tell him I'm a sinner. I sin against the end of heaven. Just make me a servant out there somewhere. That's all I care about. I just wanna be around home again. That's all I want to be around. What he didn't realize is the father had enough grace for him and everybody else too. He could have brought some friends home and still had enough. Father had plenty. He didn't care about giving what he had because he could get it back. He probably already got it back. That son probably never hurt ever again for the rest of his life. Never probably, he probably had everything he wanted. That father wasn't going to make his son go sit in a corner with a dunce hat on for six months. He didn't do that to him at all. Some of us do that to people when they walk in the door. We just don't like the way they look. They took my seat. We will never put names on a pew. I hate it at a wedding where they say the wedding party sits here and I think y'all to make the wedding mom and dad sit in the back, man. It's not about them, it's about them up here, man. It's about, it's about the preacher, no. It's a, I'm glad, what, what was that name you said? Uh, the Grand Poobah, man, I was wondering who the Grand Poobah was. I'm glad it's not me. I don't ever want to be a grand poobah. I don't know what a grand poobah looks like. <laughs> they sound grand. I'm already grand enough. I don't need to get any grander. <laughs> Sounds fat to me for some reason. <laughs> they didn't understand. The younger, the younger got the grace. so when he came back and he came and he seen the, I can, I can understand him. Got to He probably got within a couple of miles of the house and he's out there probably walking around looking. If I go any further, he's he just going to yell at me. <laughs> He's going to yell at me. I know he's going to yell at me. I deserve it, though. But he's going to yell at me. And the father's got his spyglass up there. Look at There he is, man. Look at him. He thinks I'm going to yell at him. <laughs> I really ought to yell at him, that little moron. <laughs> well, I should have spanked him more. That's okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to dump some grace on him. That'll really set his trigger. <laughs> well, he's going to mess him up for the rest of his life. Hey! Hey! And then he just drops it and takes off running. And he runs where the kid's at. He never stops till he gets there. Man, I can see an old man. I don't know if I could do that. Let's say Andrew was like sitting in the front pew or something. I mean, running a long way, that'll hurt you. I did that one time and my hips still messed up to this day. But the Lord thought it was worth it. The elder never understood the love of his father for his younger brother. Now I'm going to tell you why the elder brother had a problem. Because he never tried to understand what God was. You know, sometimes we serve God or we serve the Father thinking that it's just do, 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 and it's so much more than that. It's it's not doing anything. It's it's loving the Father. It's loving Jesus Christ. That's all it is. Brother, it's finding a way to meet him somewhere, somehow. You know what the the younger son got? he, He met him in a pigsty. He got out there. Unless he lost everything, then when he had nothing, he could only draw back on what he had in the back of his mind, and that was his father. And he said, my dad took care of me went, when I was in a mess, man, he took care of me, and, and he made sure I always had diapers, and he made sure I had foo and he made sure I had this and that, and, and little gates, and he made sure we had cages to hide in or put in so we wouldn't run all over the place. And, And then he padded everything so we wouldn't fall. And then when we got our bicycles, he put helmets and everything on our heads so we wouldn't crash into trees and stuff and hurt ourselves. And then he put us in uh, booster seats in the car and all this other. And then, I mean, just one thing flooded the young man's mind after another. And he goes, why did I ever leave there? I don't understand. The Lord says, now we're talking, man. Now you're talking exactly where you need to be. The younger didn't know it. The elder, the elder, the younger finally figured the thing out. But the younger, elder never went through what he needed to He never asked his father uh, why he moved toward his son. He should have went and said, Father, why would you do that? Have you ever questioned God on something that you don't understand? He never asked why he had compassion on the wayward son. The God left. Brethren, I'm telling you what, there's going to be people coming in and out of this church that need us. And today, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. You don't know what is on them. I'm not saying, I'm saying be wise as a servant, as a devil, but we can't just reject everybody that we don't like. We got to somehow get like the father. You know what the father wanted? He wanted his son. He actually wanted both of them. He never asked why he had compassion on the way for his son. He never asked why he embraced and kissed him on his return. The elder never knew his father. He never knew his father's heart. You know what's wrong with us today is we don't know God's heart. You know what God cares about? Jesus Christ said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. You know what he cares about? It's a wayward. He cares about the woman by the well that's been married five times. Oh, you've been married five times. Oh, you can never be. Really? Is that true? Jesus didn't think that way. The woman that had an issue of blood. She was unclean. Nobody else would even want to touch her. If everybody in that crowd knew she had the blood on her, they would have been all all away from her. But she scurried through that crowd the best she could. Jesus never stopped. He actually got close enough to her where she could touch him. She probably, he probably did this. And she touched him. And he goes, who touched me? Nobody in that crowd knew him who did it. Nobody in that crowd knew him. Everybody in that crowd knew of him. They knew about him. They didn't know him. You know what she was looking for? Him. You know what she found it was him. I like blind Bartimaeus. I like all those stories, man. I, I like the two guys on the road to Emmaus. Jesus walks up, just to listen to belly ache. You know, sometimes it's just good to listen to somebody bellyache. They just need to bellyache. You got to let them. George, you got to let them bellyache. It's me. I got a bellyache sometimes. Just got to let them. Oh, you tell me the story, man. Tell me that story. Oh, you didn't hear what happened today. Look, I knew this before the foundation of the world, but go on, tell me your version. <laughs> I knew exactly what was going to happen because it happened to me. But he didn't do any of that. He just said, oh, tell me your story. And he tells him the story. And then all of a sudden, Jesus starts talking to them, and their heart starts burning. And they go, Who, whoever this is, is not like, not like anybody we know. And then he goes, poof, out of their sight. And he goes, did not our hearts burn within us? Yes, it did. Every, how about the thief on a cross, man? He's got a moment or two left of life. That's all he's got. And the conversation shifts to Jesus. And he looks at him and says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he goes, hey, today you'll be with me in paradise, man. We'll be there. <laughs> we'll have fun. Hang out in there. Just hang around. There. Hang out for a while. We'll be there. It'll be okay in a minute. <laughs> it's going to hurt for a while before you get there. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Every one of those stories, you know, whether it's at the last moment of your life or at the beginning of your life, you know what you need to do is find out the heart. You know what the heart of Jesus is? Is you. The heart is us. And if you ever get to the heart of Jesus Christ, you know what you'll care about is others. That's who you'll care about. It won't be about yourself. Yeah, I mean, you should take care of yourself. You should take care of your family. But it's not just about us. Three things, and I'm done real quick. The love of God in our life is measured. You always have to have weight. When I worked on equipment, I couldn't just walk up to a piece of gear and look at it and say, that was it. There's meters I had to have and spectrum analyzers and signal generators and O-scopes and all kinds of stuff. I had, I had probably millions of dollars worth of test equipment to work on the stuff on a ship. We had ships with rooms uh, probably as big as this platform here, full from the floor all the way up to the ceiling all the way around with just test equipment. Different pieces to look at different things. And you had to know what, what it was. You always had to have something to measure it by. And we took these things and sent them out and they'd calibrate them and give them back to us. And they would compare these to others and make sure that what we've seen, if we said it's zero, it's zero. And, and everything's set right. So when we look at the equipment, if it's what it's supposed to be, it'll be what it is. If it isn't, we can tell where the break is and we, then we can fix the thing. You have to have a measurement in your life somewhere. John 1, 14, John, 1 John fourteen eighteen says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God. Boy, everybody, you know, I love God. Why are you asking me that? I don't know why people say it that way. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother. Huh. Uh, what do you do with that? He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love god whom he had not seen and this is the commandment we have of him that he who loveth god loveth his brother also you know one of the measurements to know if you know the heart of god is your love for the brethren well we're just hard to love sometimes i mean I tell you we are hard to love i know i'm hard to love i'm just i tell beth all the time she'll say do you want that <laughs> no i tell her i, I said well beth really that my no means yes to you do you want to take this pill no leave me alone and she'll come up with a pill and a glass of water in her hand. I'll take the pill and drink the water, and, and she'll go away. Drink all the water. I don't want to drink all the water. And she'll make me drink all the water. You know what? Your love of your brethren. I, I really think, you know, I've got issues with people, but the issues I have is because they won't repent, because I think I'm right and I think they're wrong. Uh, you say, well, that's arrogant. No, I got a Bible, and I, I think when people are wrong, they're wrong. And and they, just like the father, man, you got to sit back sometimes, just let them stew in their own stu- stupidity or whatever. And and eventually maybe they'll get it. And, and if I'm the one stewing in my stupidity, maybe eventually I'll get it. But I'm telling you what, you got to sit there and you got to realize that you got to love those around you. And there's some people that just, that thing Brother Siler said about sitting around for 20 years. That's exactly true. I've seen people that that were there 8 or 9, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and they're just now starting to get in. And you know what you got to do? You got to learn how to have some grace. What I want to say is God's got enough grace for all of us. I'm going to jump to the end of my sermon. You got to have service. Service. Sometimes we serve God, but we do it out out of sheer just doing it, not because we love him. There's people in churches that are there, I mean, we got some really good people here. I, I really, David, brother, is a blessing, man. I, I went up to him the other day and said, how's everything going? He's doing great, man. He gave his time, and I don't know whether he did that because he works with the guy or not. I, I really don't know all the reasons, but he did. And he was here all day yesterday making sure stuff happens, and, and he was just doing it. It was a blessing, man. I mean, I don't think he did it for anything in particular other than just to do it. You know what that did? That, that was a whole church full of people got a blessing. I had several of them say, man, that's a great sound system you guys got. My brother Thomas told me that. He goes, that was no problem with the sound, man. He loved it. And I'm sitting here thinking, Lord, I said, we got, we got a bunch of people who got right hearts. And every now and then we get a little irritated, but, but it's okay. It all goes, <laughs> this too comes to pass. But you got to, your service of your life is measured sometimes with your fellowship with him. Why do you do it? Why do you do what you do? And then the joy. I like joy. He says, Luke 15, 31, I'll say it here and it'll be done. And he said unto his son, thou art ever with me. All, and all that I have is thine. You know, everything you got is God's. It was meat that we should make merry. You have to. And be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again. And is lost and is found. Sin, however obscure uh, sin however obscure a form, is absolute hindrance to prayer. It's, it, you got to get to sin. That's the older brother's problem. He had bitterness lying inside his heart, and he just couldn't get it out. A man once said, other blessings, others' blessings are not our demise. Just because somebody else gets something you don't get, don't mean it has anything to do with you. There is great, great men and women out there. Some of these songs we sing, I'm like, Lord, I'll never write a song like that. He goes, i never ask you to. He said, just because they got a blessing, and, and we, I had that, that brother who works up in Detroit, I was up in Michigan at a meeting, and he walked up and he said, Brother Elliot? I said, yeah, I never talked to him, hardly. He said, I just want to let you know, man, he said, some of the illustrations you use, I still use to this day. And I'm sitting there going, what? I said, man, I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use them. I try to forget them, but they just keep coming out. He goes, brother, he goes, you help me. You never know what you're doing out there. You know what that brother has to do? He has to go into a world that is just a total wreck. You know what he needs? He needs encouragement from time to time. And it's a blessing that you can even be an encouragement. Our brother's blessings, I would sit there and look at that, and he, he looks at me and thinks I'm getting blessings. I'm looking at him, and he's getting blessings. What he does doesn't affect me one bit, and what I do doesn't affect him one bit. Brother Castelol, out in Hawaii. I don't know if y'all read the letter yet. It's an amazing story, man. He bought a house out there thinking he's out of God's will. He's to quit. He thought he's out of God's will. I got the prayer letter on my, I think we got it. Maybe if we don't, I'll I'll bring it in. But he sold his house for the money and and they wanted to give him some money, but he's going to have to pay taxes on it. So he didn't want to do that. So they, they actually donated it to the church. It sounds like they gave him a million bucks for this place that he paid almost nothing for. They gave him the money that he paid for the house originally, plus a million bucks, then he gets to go downtown or go to wherever it is and buy another building, and he only owes like $80,000 when he's all said and done. And you say, I'm like, well, no ever gave me no million bucks. <laughs> no, but we got a church, yeah. right. and we got a parking lot, and we got a sign. I've had all kinds of preachers want my sign. <laughs> they come in the parking lot. They don't want nothing else. They just want that electronic sign. I said, you ain't getting it, man. I'm going to keep it. That's my sign. That's our sign. I said, we got, we got, we're Gentiles. We got signs and wonders. <laughs> so we like that stuff. But just because another person gets a blessing, that doesn't mean anything to me. That's, that's, I'm a, why can't we be happy that somebody else, you know what the elder brother's problem was? He never understood God's heart, his father's heart. You know what a lot of times our problem is? Let me ask you a question. Do you understand God's heart in your life? Do you understand his heart? That's really all you need to understand. You need to understand the heart of Jesus Christ. That's all you need to understand. You could be the beggar at the rich man's gate. You could be Lazarus. You could be sitting there with sores all over you. You could be the woman at the well, man, who comes up sad and and hurt and walk away with a smile on your face. You could be Peter, James, John, Paul. It doesn't matter who you are. God's got enough grace for each and every one of us when we need it in times that we need it. The Lord, I, I wrote that last thing I wrote here, and I'll be done. The Lord has enough grace for all of us to have plenty, with an endless surplus to meet any need that may arise. You never have to, you know what the brother's problem was? He never stopped to see the heart of God. You know what the ministry is? The heart of God. It's not just having a church. And it's not coming to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. That's not it. The, the ministry is learning that people are people. And they're hurting. And sometimes you just have to be there. I've heard preachers say, just shut up and don't say nothing. That's hard for me to do, but that's exactly what you need to do sometime. Just shut up and don't say nothing and listen and wait. And then all of a sudden, one day, the tables will turn, and you'll be sitting there if you're ready, and you'll watch that thing happen, and you'll go, there's the hand of God. The elder brother never saw that. The younger brother did. Brother, what do you see today when it comes to Jesus Christ? What do you see? Do you see what he sees, or do you see what you see? Father, thank you for your many blessings this morning. Lord, what a story, never ending. There's always angles that you can come at this story. You put it in the book for a purpose that we can sit there and look at it, Lord, and the elder brother is just like us, just like me. So many times, Lord, we look at others and and, uh, not understand uh, how you worked in their lives, Lord. But you do it, and Lord, you're always there. You, you, You said you'd never leave us or forsake us. You're always there for us. And Lord, just because we're not doing what somebody else should be doing or is doing doesn't mean that you love us any less. Uh, Lord, the, the elder brother had no reason to get mad at his younger brother. He should be excited, but he was, he was, look at me, look at me. I do all this, I do all this. Lord, help us to get away from that. Lord, help us just get to the place where we do what you would have us to do on a daily basis. Lord, this world needs, at this time in life, they need to see some Christians stand up that just love you. Lord, they've seen all the other stuff and all the other stuff, how people get stuff and how they do it and stab people in the back and walk all over them. Lord, they just need to see some people with smiles on their face and talking about Jesus. Lord, help us to be that way. Help us to see your heart. Lord, give us the heart that you have. And Father, we'll praise you you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.